Okay, well, good morning, church. We are in a a new sermon series that I am so very thankful for. Uh, It is entitled, We Have Our Heading. And so today we will be looking at a section of the heading, and it is entitled, We Will Go Where People Are. We will be intentional on being missional as a church. We will go into our community and globally, and we will reach people who no one else is reaching. Wow. (laughs) That's a big statement, right? But I believe it is completely attainable and that it can be done. But it requires one thing. And you may have heard me repeat the word more than once this morning, and we even sang it earlier this morning, and the word is go. See, what what we are going to hear today in our scripture when when we're studying in Joshua today, we're going to hear is that Christianity is not a passive religion. It requires action. And the word go is actually referenced in the Bible 1,542 times. And the word stay is only referenced 64 times. So it is really up to us as individuals and as a church. We can stay and be comfortable, or we can go and go confidently, knowing that God goes before us, he goes with us, And he goes behind us. And so, as I said, we're going to read from the Old Testament today. And we're going to read from the book of Joshua. And if you would like to follow along with me, we're going to read from Joshua 1.1. And perhaps you've heard this story before. And you might have even sang along with it with your children in the car. And the song that goes, And the walls came tumbling down. No? Okay, <laughs> which is fantastic. And as I studied this story this, this week to prepare, I thought, what a perfect pas- passage to ignite our hearts towards people than this. Seeing faith in action and knowing that our God is mighty in power and he's able to do all things. He uses the most ordinary people to accomplish his task. And I truly believe that nothing is impossible with God. And so let's, let's listen together here to this amazing story this morning in Joshua 1.1. And it goes like this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses is aid. Moses, was, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river of the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And he's talking to Joshua here. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. So if we pause here for just a second, I believe what we see here is God giving clear instructions to Joshua. He is equipping him as a leader. And he's telling him, go ahead, it's okay, go. I will be with you. God has already told the Israelites that the land was theirs for their taking. However, their possession of the land, I believe, was limited only by their vision to obtain it. 
And I'm going to say that one more time because I think it's super important to what we're going to be hearing today. Their possession of the land, I believe, was limited only by their vision to obtain it. But when we meet up with them, not to pick on the Israelites, because when we meet up with them in Joshua chapter 1, they have been tired and frustrated. They have grown a little weary. They really, they have been wandering in the desert for 40 years. The Israelites just lost their leader, Moses, and they are left wondering if their promise will ever come true. Will they, will the Israelites have enough faith? Will they be able to see beyond their circumstances to grasp a hold of the vision that God has set out before them? Let's see. And as we continue in Joshua 1.6, it says this, Be strong and courageous. And he's still talking to Joshua. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Isn't that an amazing thing that we see here as God is speaking to Joshua? And at the the beginning of this verse, we hear that the Lord repeats himself to Joshua. Three times in the verse, he says, to be strong and courageous. This is something that God really wants Joshua to hear. He, he is equipping him as a leader. And an interesting fact here is that Moses told him the same thing three times. And then he, Joshua, met with God face to face. And here, God tell, told him the same thing. But that was not enough. <laughs> After Moses died, God personally called Joseph, Joshua and spoke directly to him four more times. And each time, God told jo- Joshua to be strong and courageous. Now, I left me wondering this question. What did God know about Joshua that would cause him to tell Joshua directly and indirectly eight times that he was was to be strong and courageous? I think he knew that Joshua was just, was a normal person, just like you and I, just like all of us here today, that he was just a normal person. He had the same passions He has fears, doubts, struggles, insecurities. So what we can learn about this encounter is this, that God's word, if we obey it, offers us the strength that we need to triumphantly face the impossible things in life. He has also given him encouragement in the statement that he made to him here. And not only the encouragement, like, you can do it, Joshua, woohoo! But he also is following up with a promise. And the promise, it goes like this, if, that if he, Joshua, goes and shows action, all the while maintaining his footing on the word of the Lord, that the promise is, do you remember what I said? That he will be prosperous and successful. Now, another thing that we can learn from this section is leadership. 
And I believe that leadership emerged that day. The day the Lord spoke to Joshua was a day that he assumed his rightful position as successor to Moses. From that point on, and I know there's a song that I don't know the whole thing, but from that point on, he was the leader of the pack. (laughs) Consider Consider this. Leadership is one of the greatest indicators of God moving. That is one way to know for sure that God is moving among us. And for us here at Highlands, we had a solid leadership moment last weekend when you as a church body said yes to our pastor, Sean Martin. Isn't that, wasn't that awesome? I'm not that he's not, wasn't our leader before, and he still is our leader, but then I just believe that it's just a, a pivotal turning point for this church. And so it's just so exciting where God is leading this church. And much more than that, it includes each of you. Because when I look around and see people begin to move forward and assume roles of leadership, that is a great indicator that God is at work among us. And so, for example, here at Highlands, in our Grief Share program, we have Doreen and Wendy and Dale. Each of them took on the leadership to serve those who are grieving, not only in our church, but also those in our community. And then we have these amazing two Bettys. They're so cute. They're both names are Bettys. And <laughs> who serve the homeless by making sandwiches each and every week. And they provide that for them. They just stepped up and they went. And they go, went and, and the word go. And just the other day, I had the opportunity to sit down with two new leaders. And their names are Gary, um, Gary and Angie Britton, along with the Browns, that said, yes. We will lead another Financial Peace University class in the fall. And this will offer freedom to many in and outside of the church to gain financial freedom in their life. Or our small group leaders, and they are memories, but I'm going to pick on one, or one couple, Bob and Julie Lamone. And they they caught a vision. And they opened their home and saying yes to reaching people. 17 people in their home, actually, and they tell me, Katie, it's okay, keep them coming. (laughs) If God is at work among us and speaking to our hearts, we are going to see more and more people committed to the ministry, committed to relationships, committed to a deeper walk with Christ. Leadership is one of the greatest measures of a spiritually healthy church. And when I look around, I am encouraged that there are countless new leaders that are willing to step forward and have faith and lead. And so for that, I would like to say thank you. And so let us continue now. We're going to head back to the story. We're going to go to Joshua, and now we are in 1, 10 through 11. And here we have a defined role of leadership for Joshua, and now he's giving the Israelites some instructions. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan. Here to go, and you will go in, and you will take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you for your own. Now, if we fast forward a few verses, we hear the Israelites' response to these instructions that he is giving them. And they answered this to Joshua. Whatever you have commanded us, we will do. 
And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you, where, where, with you as he was with Moses. So let me ask you this. Does that reply that the Israelites just gave to their new leader, their chief commander, does that sound like stuck people to you? Or does that sound like unstuck people to you? Perhaps for you in your life right now, you feel stuck. And in circumstances, things that are going on in your life. But God wants you to, he's giving us instructions and he's saying, let's get unstuck. (laughs) They went from a low point to a high point. They went from not being ready to full stage readiness in just a matter of time. They were obedient to the vision that Joshua had laid out before them, and they had faith once again. They were willing to go. And the story does not end there. It continues. In the next chapter, we see God use ordinary people, just like you and I, to fulfill his plan. And so now we're going to move on to Joshua 2.1. We're talking a lot. Is everybody still with me? Yeah? Okay. <laughs> All right. So now Joshua 2.1. Then Joshua son of Nun, secretly sent two spites from Shittim, and he said, go, look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab, and they stayed there. The following verses in chapter 2, as we continue on in chapter 2, is a dialogue between Rahab and the spies and a promise what was made, and we learn a great deal about Rahab. Rahab is one of the main people in the story of Joshua and his conquest of Jericho. God was well aware of her vocation, and in case you missed it, she was a prostitute, or back then they would call her a harlot. So God knew all of her life story. However, God used what many would call a nobody to put his plan in place, to put his plan in motion. She was not of royal lineage. She did not have several letters behind her name. She wasn't of great wealth. She was a woman who heard of this great God we serve, and she decided she wanted to do the same. Now, Rahab had not even had the opportunity to see the the miracles that the Israelites had. They didn't get the opportunity of every morning wake up, get outside of their tent, and there's some food sitting there for them. She didn't have any of that. She had just only heard the stories of God's goodness and God's greatness. And because of her faith, it's amazing, she was able to convince her family to have enough courage not to reveal or release the spies to the king's men to hide these spies within the walls of Jericho when the king sent out the guardsmen to go search after them. And it's in another interesting part where Rahab actually lived in the walls that surrounded the city of Jericho. She lived inside of the walls. And I just thought that was really amazing. And then Rahab herself, really having enough faith that these men of God would indeed allow her and her family to be spared all by just putting a little piece of a purple rope in her window. That's incredible. It's incredible faith. 
And so many of us, I wonder, many of us refuse sometimes to step out in faith because we're afraid uh, that our past will only allow us to fail. That we often at times are afraid to attempt to take on God's challenges out of the fear of not succeeding. Does any of that sound familiar? That's to me. (laughs) God is not deterred by our inequities. We don't have to be perfect. One of the slogans that we have here at Highlands Church, we say no perfect people allowed because you're not going to find any. And so you're so welcome here. But what we do need to be is we just need to be willing to be used because God uses ordinary people. I believe that anything that God has asked you to do when he's calling you to do something, that he will equip you for it. As we see here with Rahab, I am sure she thought to herself, why would God use me to hide these spies? I am not worthy. But out of Rahab's weakness, she was made strong in her faith. As we read in Hebrews now, as we read in Hebrews, which is in the New Testament, they're still talking about Rahab. Huh. And they say this, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them, that beloved not, when she received the spies with peace. Now, Kevin, this week, as I was sharing this story with him, he said, hey, Katie, she made it into the Hall of Fame. (laughs) I said, that's awesome. I've never heard that before. You're right. She made it into the Hall of Fame among many great leaders who had faith. And through the power of God, she was willing to show action. And again, in the New Testament, we hear about Rahab. In James 2.25, and I want to read it for you. It says this, in James 2.25, In the same way was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. And then it goes on to say, For as a body with our spirit is dead, so faith, without works, is also dead. So today you may be saying to yourself, as we've talked about before, maybe out of fears or insecurities or just being stuck, well, God can't use me. You should see my past. I'm here to tell you this morning, God can use you. Our messed up past cannot cripple us. Our troubled backgrounds can no longer disable us. Our transgressions cannot trip us. Our wayward ways of yesterday will not prohibit God's ability to use us. And as we continue going in chapter 3, we see that the Israelites crossing the Jordan River, and which is an amazing story of action and obedience on the Israelites' part. And God going before them and sending out the priests before them and standing in the river. And as they all followed their leader, Joshua, in the presence of God, God stopped the flow of the river up before it even trickled down. And they walked across the Jordan River as they had walked before across the Red Sea when they left Egyptian slavery. They walked across the Jordan River headed towards Jericho without a scent, a splash of water on their heels. And then they, when they got to around Jericho, they got around the walls, and they proclaimed loudly with a trumpeted sound. And they did this, as we sang before, 
and the walls came tumbling down. So we have a beautiful picture here, the story today, a picture of God placing a vision before a new leader and the people going, being obedient to the call and showing action. They took their sandals and they laced them up and they went. We see that God uses everyday people for his plan to expand the kingdom here on earth, to bring glory to his name. And that is what God has called us here, that we can do that. Well, we can go and we can meet people where they're at, each and every one of us. But Katie can't do it alone. Pastor Sean can't do it alone. Kevin can't do it alone. We need all of you. We need the church. And together, together, that is what God has called us to do. And he doesn't care about what's in the past. He says, keep your eyes fixed forward. Keep your eyes fixed forward on me. Grasp a hold of the vision that God has set before your leader. And let us go. And what I found is so, and I'm going to conclude with this. You have this image here. And I didn't think much about the image when it came through at the first, when we saw this image first when it came along. But as I was sitting and praying this week over this message, I thought, wow, Lord, how you use the most simple things sometimes in our life. Doesn't he do that to you guys? He does it to me all the time. Like little simple things that he's just right in front of my face, but God's like right there. Okay. So, um, so this little image of a compass right there was so meaningful to me when I was thinking about this, because if you notice, the compass not only provides us direction, into the course of where you're going, right? If you're lost in the woods, it'll give you direction, north, east, west, south. But also, look where the hands are. The hands point out. They don't point in. And I believe with great assurance that God is pointing us out by the direction of the Holy Spirit, that he is going to go with us and guide us. As we as a church body... Step up and go, all for his glory. Let me pray. Lord God, I just thank you so much for your vision for Highlands Church. I thank you for each and every person here this morning and those who were not able to be here, Lord God. I pray, Father God, that you would just anoint each and every one of them for the call that you have upon their life. Lord, that they would know that in whatever is making them stuck, or wherever their past has been, Lord God, that it's just movement forward for you. That there is no perfect people allowed. And that we all just seek after you, Lord God, to bring glory to your name, to expand your kingdom here on earth, to love your people. Give them peace this week. Give them rest this week. Let them enjoy their three-day weekend if they get it. Lord, help them to sit at your feet. I thank you, thank you, thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.